podcast pod tunes is a perfect way to fall asleep while listening to the best horror history and true crime stories this podcast is presented by bed temporaries bedtime stories that will keep you up at night this episode includes discussion about suicide death and murder listeners discretion is advised this is a two-story special featuring a paranormal experience from a loyal listener and another personal scary story if you want to hear your story featured on my podcast email me at mypodtune at gmail.com that's spelled m-y-p-o-d-t-u-n-e at gmail.com let's begin The house that my family lives in was completed in 2004. It was a completely new property with no prior history, which makes it difficult to try and understand some of the stuff that went on and felt paranormal. Through the years, very strange things would happen. You might have heard that poltergeist activity often attaches to families with children and the fact that there were four of us might have had something to do with all that happened. One of the earliest situations I can recall happened to one of my younger brothers approximately 9 to 10 years ago. He woke up in the middle of the night hearing the handle of the main door being yanked over and over. The door handle had already been loose for some time, and as it was a metal front door, you might be able to imagine the noise this must have made. My brother was the only person who woke up, which is rather strange too, as a few of us were light sleepers, but at the same time, it was the dead of night, somewhere between 3am and 5am. My brother crept downstairs, and when he got to the hall, the yanking just stopped. He came closer to the door and looked in the peephole, but there was nobody there. As he was looking out for movement, something brushed against his leg, nearly causing him to have a heart attack. Well, that was just our cat. He was properly shaken up about the noise, but when he told us about what happened later that day, nobody knew what he was talking about. My parents tried to explain this by saying it was probably a drunk or a homeless person, and the idea of an intruder alone gave me nightmares for years. Another occurrence was witnessed by our whole family. When I was in my late teens, it was late at night after 11 p.m., and I was watching something on my laptop in bed with one of my earphones in. At that point, one of my brothers was staying with his girlfriend for the night, more often than not, but everyone else was in their bedroom since it was a weekday night. But I didn't pay much attention when I heard a shuffling sound upstairs where all our bedrooms were. I assume that my parents, like me, weren't asleep yet and must have been moving something in the bedroom or in the hallway. It sounded as if something really heavy like a bookcase or a heavy box was being pushed or dragged across the floor. Not long after that, I closed my laptop, went to the bathroom, and returned to my bed this time with my lights off. I saw no lights coming from any of the other rooms, yet the shuffling sound returned. I then heard my dad asking, who is there? And the sound abruptly stopped. At that point, I was actually petrified. I had a really difficult time falling asleep, but no strange sounds came after that. In the morning, my youngest sister told me that she had heard everything that happened the night before and she had never been so scared in her life. My parents said that they thought it was me who was moving things around in my room late at night, and I told them I thought it had been them. Because neither of us thought much of it at the time, we never came out of our rooms to actually check what it was. The strangest thing is that when we checked the house the next day, nothing was out of place, especially nothing as heavy as the stuff we thought was being moved.
One last thing I would like to tell you about was experienced by myself when I returned home from school one afternoon. I was in high school and distinctly remember it being Friday, as this was the day my parents did our weekly grocery shopping. I came home that afternoon and yelled, hey, as I started to lock the door behind me. I heard a man's voice say, <laughs> and it sounded like my dad or one of my brothers. They both had a very low voice and it sounded like they were saying hi from afar, as if in one of the rooms in the back of the house or upstairs. I loudly asked how things were going, but was met with silence. I stood still in my coat and shoes waiting for an answer which never came. I then panicked, started to frantically check every room in the house, yelling for whoever was there. I see now that this was maybe not the best idea in case someone had been hiding with the intention of hurting me, but at the time I had to know what the hell was going on. This was a big five bedroom house with a garage and yet I even checked the closet in my own room in case one of my brothers was fooling around but found absolutely nothing. I ended up calling my mom to ask if anyone was home but she said that she and my dad were away getting the groceries and she didn't know where my older brother was. I was home alone for not long until they came back from the supermarket, but all that time I felt so uneasy inside the house completely on my own. The house was quiet and I just did some things on my laptop to keep myself occupied. When my brother returned home, it was clear it was not him playing games with me. But it's been years and to this day I can recall the feeling of dread when I realized my words were met with silence in that empty house, where so many strange and unexplained things happened in the past. The next story takes place in the old town of San Diego. It was around midday. Me and my partner had gone down to visit some of the attractions in the old town of San Diego. This is a collection of 19th century houses and businesses where you can buy traditional Mexican and colonial American gifts and food. One of the attractions is a historically haunted house called the Whaley House, said to be one of the most haunted houses in America. The oldest ghost activity is a spirit of Santiago Robinson, otherwise known as Yankee Jim. He was convicted of grand large and sentenced to hang. Thomas Whaley was in attendance of the execution and still built his house on the location of Yankee Jim's death. The house's original owners were Thomas and Anna Whaley. They built the house in 1857 on the location of where the town's gallows had previously been. They had around five children. One of their children, shortly after being born, passed away at only 18 months. Violet grew up and got married. Unfortunately, it was a terrible relationship. Violet and George got divorced, and after they got divorced, Violet was so humiliated she took a gun and shot herself in the heart while in the house. As you can tell, this house is full of tragedy and eventually became haunted by Yankee Jim and his family. Years after Thomas and Anna Whaley moved out, this house became a historical marker and eventually named the most haunted house in America, acquiring employees to hold ghost tours for lovers and doubters of the paranormal. The employees who work there giving tours of the house have heard a lot of stories as well as had their own experiences. My partner and I believe in the paranormal and were curious because we've never been in an allegedly haunted place. We felt safer checking out during the day instead of waiting for the night tour. As we went in, we didn't feel anything on the first floor of the house other than a regular feel of an old house. I need to mention there weren't many people there, so when we got to the second floor, we were completely alone up there. The second floor, though, had a different feeling. 
I saw a room that had a large amount of dolls and children's toys. I thought it would make for a great creepy picture. As I pressed the shutter button on my phone's camera, my phone turned off. I thought that this was just a glitch on my phone, so I proceeded to turn my phone on, but it would not function. So I tried taking out the battery, then reinserting it and attempting to turn it on again. It still wouldn't. I felt this wasn't normal, so I asked my partner to try to turn on my phone. She couldn't get it to work either. She laughed and said I probably had done this as a trick to get her creeped out. I felt uncomfortable, wanting to leave, but she insisted in looking around the other rooms on the second floor. I followed her still insisting we get downstairs. While we were exploring the other rooms and reading more about the history of the house, she asked if I had heard something that sounded like footsteps. I listened closely and I could hear them. We wanted to make sure that we weren't just hearing someone else in the house and confirm there was no one that was on the second floor with us. The sound had to have came from close enough to where we were because all this time we hadn't heard any footsteps from downstairs. As we go downstairs, I was on the left in front of her. She felt a tug from the bottom of her t-shirt near her right side and told me, I joked with her, saying I didn't believe it because she had acted the same way when I had the issue with my phone, which by the way still wasn't able to turn on. As we left, I told one of the employees what we had experienced and they replied a lot of people who try to take pictures of a little girl's room will experience similar events. They also mentioned if you ask a spirit before taking the picture, the spirit won't interfere with your camera. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podtoons. Podtoons is updated on a weekly basis, so be sure to tune in next week for the next episode.